everyone, this is Caleb, and I'm so grateful that you've decided to spend a few minutes today here with me on the Learner's Corner podcast. We are continuing as I look back through 2021 and share some of the things that I've learned throughout this entire year, some of the best things that I've learned from as well. And any ideas or resources that you hear from in this episode, I would encourage you to go check out the show notes to continue to learn from those things as well. I would love for you, if you have ideas of topics or guests that you would love us to talk with in 2022, please reach out to me, learnerscornerpodcast at gmail.com. Or if there's anything that you're just super excited about that you're learning about, I would love to hear from you as well. There's two core ideas, two core beliefs that drive a lot of what we do here in the podcast. The first one is this, is that we want to create a safe place to have difficult conversations. And the second thing is this, is that we believe that we can learn from anyone and from everyone and from anything and from everything, regardless of whether or not we agree with them on everything. And so, as I mentioned today, we're looking back on 2021 and all the things that I've learned from. So let's continue that now. So in this episode, I want to take a look at just the idea of building a meaningful life. And as as with all of these episodes that I've been doing on uh, on these end of the year reflections for 2021, this is something that I've been thinking about, and I'm I'm not entirely sure that it uh, it it was the result. As with a lot of these things, it was the result of. Um, just encountering different uh, books that I was reading. And, and in particular, there's uh, there's two books. I'm going to tell you about the first one right now, which I think really got me going on it. And it's, the book, it's a book called The Second Mountain, and the subtitle is The Quest for a Moral Life. And it's written by David Brooks, who is a New York Times bestselling author. He is also a columnist for the New York Times as well. And the book is really built around this premise or this idea that there are two mountains in life. There's the first mountain, and then there is the second mountain. And so he writes about the first mountain and says this, the goals on that first mountain are the normal goals that culture endorses to be a success, to be well thought of, to get invited into the right social circles, and to experience personal happiness. It's all the normal stuff. A nice home, nice family, nice vacations, good food, good friends, and so on. And then something happens. Some people get to the top of the first mountain and they taste success and they find it unsatisfying. He says later, other people get knocked off that mountain by some failure. Something happens to their career, their family, or their reputation. Suddenly, life doesn't look like a steady ascent up the mountain of success. It has a different and more disappointing shape. And then he says, for still others, something unexpected happens that knocks them crossways, knocks them off the mountain. The death of a child, a cancer scare, a struggle with addiction, some life-altering tragedy that was not part of the original plan. 
Whatever the cause, he says, these people are no longer on the mountain. They're down in the valley of bewilderment or suffering. And he says this can happen at any age from 8 to 85 and beyond. It's never too early or too late to get knocked off your first mountain. And I think, and that's that's the end of the quote for, for at least right there. And I think one of the things that um that that doesn't get talked a lot about well he David Brooks talks about it quite a bit is how er- everything literally points to that first mount of what that ideal of success is and if you don't meet that version of success then like it it is such the normative that it can lead to a lot of shame if you if or it can lead to people becoming upset by you not pursuing that option, but I guess um, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself in, and my thoughts and stuff. Um, he he continues on though, and talk, and he starts talking about the valley, the the gap between the first mountain and the second mountain, and he says in the va- in the, the valley is what makes people, and the people who are made larger by suffering go on to stage two small rebellions. And the first rebellion is this: is that they rebel against their ego. Ideal is what he calls it. And it's their vision of prominence, pleasure, and success. Whatever that, whatever the top of the first mountain looks like, it's that. They rebel against that. And he says the second rebellion is against mainstream culture of what what culture, mainstream culture, views as the top of the first mountain as well. And this can often be, uh, you know, values of money, power, fame, could be sex as well. And I think a lot of it is and and something something closely tied to it as well could just be the idea of and this this is also true for the ego uh, ideal as well, autonomy or independence, being our own person, you know, not not being tied down to anything, having, you know, quote unquote maximum freedom. But David Brooks says that there is uh, the other path, and it's found in the second mountain. And he says, if the first mountain is about building up the ego and defining the self, the second mountain is about shedding the ego and losing the self. If the first mountain is about acquiescence, the second mountain is about contribution. If the first mountain is elitist, moving up, the second mountain is egalitarian, planting yourself amid those who need and walking arm in arm with them. He continues later and says, people on the first mountain have lives that are mobile and lightly attached. People on the second mountain are deeply rooted and deeply committed. The second life, the second mountain life is a committed life. When I'm describing how Second Mountain people live, what I'm really describing is how these people made maximum commitments to others and how they live them out in fervent, all-in ways. These people are not keeping their options open. They are planted. And he says these people, you know, they they aren't pursuing the, the independence or the autonomy of the First Mountain, nor are they uh, dependent necessarily on though though. Uh, they aren't. They aren't wholly dependent on other people. They aren't um, codependent in it. 
they're interdependent, that they're, that they do need people. And yet at the same time, they are experienced this, this sense of interdependence. But there's a difference between, and I, I, I do want to clear, clear this up. There's a difference between independence and codependency. And this codependency is where your self-worth depends on the, the other person or the other people in, in the relationship. For you, you literally feel like you need this person's approval for your self-esteem or self-worth. Independence is very different. You can, independence is that, you, uh, that your self-worth worth is not attached to the opinions or the feelings of other people. Being yet, you are still dependent on those people as well. And so that's what David Brooks talked about talks about is moving into this greater sense of interdependence. And he finishes at least the the part that I want to talk about and he talks about a commitment and he says a commitment is making a promise to something without expecting a reward. A commitment is falling in love with something and then building a structure of behavior around it for those moments when love falters. In this book along with um a couple of or at least one other one that I could think of off the top of my head, which I'm going to talk off the top of my head, which I'm going to talk about here in just a minute, has really got me thinking of what are my commitments? What am I committed to in life? And are they the commitments that I want them to be? And so I would ask you the same question. Who or what are you committing your life to? And is it the thing that you want to commit your life to? And the great thing is, you know, one another thing that I've been thinking about attached to this is just this idea of, you know, for me and my my faith and being being a follower of Jesus is that I believe that there are plenty of options which are well worth committing my life to. I don't believe that there is one single path that God or uh, following Jesus um, leads me on. I actually believe that there's there's multiple different options that there could be um, on this on this path. And I think and I think my my life would be well worth lived for many of those paths as well. And that is one of the great things is that there's a lot of there's freedom in that and there's and that doesn't mean that I could do anything I don't believe that that means that, uh, I could do anything uh, that I want to do either because there's there's just some things that I'm just not going to be good at. Um, and, you know, I could give all the cliche example, you know, sports, athletic um, examples, or even, um, even maybe, uh, you know, intelligence examples as well, or, a doc- or being a doctor or anything like that. But there are a lot of good options. And there isn't necessarily a, a right, a quote-unquote right option either. The question just is, who or what do you want to commit yourself to? And that's something that I've been uh, figuring out a lot and spending particularly the back half of 2021 thinking a lot about. And so the second book that really got me thinking about this is At Your Best by Kerry Newhoff. And he talks about you know, organizing your life around, um, and I don't, I don't know if exactly if he would use these terminologies, but I, but I'm going to use it. Organizing it around your commitments, what matters most to you, and who matters most to you, and scheduling those things accordingly. And I, I've already talked about, 
you know, this a little bit a couple of months ago. And so I'll, I'll link to uh, the episode where I, I go a little bit more in detail about it. But I think the big thing is for us is figuring out, okay, who matters most to me? What matters most to me? What do I want to commit my life to? Who do I want to commit my life to? And then schedule and act accordingly. And the temptation is going to be, and and I shouldn't say the temptation. Here's why this is important. Because I think, there, at, at least this is true for me, if we aren't intentional about this, then we will not get this result. We will not spend time on the things that matter most to us. We will not spend time with the people that matter most to us because life does not gravitate towards that. Life gravitates towards the easy, and this requires work. So who matters most to you? What matters most to you? Schedule and act accordingly. Live a meaningful life. But it won't happen by accident. It happens by intention. It happens by building the life, building a meaningful life. Whatever resources or uh, ideas that you heard from this episode today, I would encourage you to check out the show notes to continue to learn more about those things. Also, if you have an idea or someone that you would love for us to talk to in 2022, please reach out to me at learnerscornerpodcast at gmail.com. And I do want to say thank you to Garrett Oler for doing the editing this podcast. And thank you to Sam Massey for providing the music for this podcast as well. Thank you for listening to this episode. That's all that I have for you today. My name is Caleb Mason. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing.